Good morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to take them and turn with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5. Our text this morning will be found in verse 12. And we'll read down through the end of the chapter, verse 21, in just one moment. Welcome, welcome, a snowy February day. Welcome to those that are here, but we also welcome those that are gathered online. A special welcome to you as well. Thank you, Matt, and the rest for leading us before the throne. He has overcome. And we just pause on that and we rejoice. Understand at short notice in regards to um, a time of corporate prayer. We want to do that over the next couple weeks, several weeks. Um, and I know that you, maybe you didn't plan on it, but I invite you uh, to hang on afterwards. Be honest, okay? You got nothing going. Like, there's no better way to spend your time lunches and for another hour after we're done. Get the kids. It may be a little hectic. We gather together, even those that are gathered online. Pastor Josh is going to host us, host you in a, in a Zoom time. And Lord willing, we're working towards all of us praying together through live feed. And we'll work on that over the next couple weeks. But we just, we just, we're in a season and a time that we need to spend on our knees. As we have this text before us, I have been on my knees a lot this week. In light of the heaviness of it, the gravitas of it, but it is so, so timely and so encouraging for us. Before we go any further, we need to just bow our heads and pray right now and ask for the Lord to speak to us as we listen to and, Lord willing, learn from His Word, His Word to you this morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we are, we are so grateful that you are the overcomer. You overcome death and sickness and disease with life. We thank you, Lord, for the hope that we sing about the hope that exists in the full finished work of Jesus, our Savior. Father, I pray right now for many that are in the midst of, of heavy times and difficult times and struggles. And we feel that pressure, weight. Lord, we lift up the Leathers family, I think especially of Deb, with the homegoing of Bob. Pray for Bobby and Jessica. And even, even Mama Gertrude, I just pray, Lord, for that family. We thank you for the hope that exists in eternal life and to know that Bob is with you. And we rejoice in that and we celebrate the blessing that he was to many. We do lift up Jay and Anel at this moment. Just give strength, comfort. May your perfect will be accomplished and may we be faithful Faithful brothers and sisters in Christ ministering to one another. I think of Nicole and her family with the loss of her dad. We just pray, Lord, that we would be able to, to come alongside. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to come alongside and offer words of encouragement and comfort and hope because of the truth that is before us this morning. And with your word opened up, I ask right now, please, Lord, I, I can't, I can't focus without you. I can't speak without you. I can't even breathe without you. None of us can. I pray right, Lord, right now, Lord, that you would give to us all the strength that we need. 
Help us to block out the worries, the frustrations, and to hear a word, a clear word from you. And may we leave your house encouraged and rejoicing in your amazing and glorious grace. Guide us. We ask this in the amazing and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We're going to break our text up. We're going to read it in two sections. And as we read the text, I want you to kind of hold kind of like a basket. I want, to, I want you to hold verse 18 that we'll read in a moment. Kind of as everything rests in this truth. Therefore, as one, one's trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness... Leads to justification and life for all men. What we're going to do this morning, we're going to talk about this, this verse, this text, speaks of, of, of death in Adam. But it also speaks about life in Christ. Last week we looked at what? Looked at amazing atonement. The whole theme of the book of Romans so far, we've looked at the righteousness of God, and we've also looked at the sinful, painful plight of mankind apart from God. And in this text today, we'll actually see both of those things up close. It's important. Why? Do, do, do you ever ask the question, why? With what goes on around us, with what we see. If there's been one question that I have probably had asked to me more times than any other question is, is why? Why? We struggle. You ever struggle when you see and hear about pain and, and hardship and, and disease and death? Especially when it comes, I think at some level, to, to little ones. Why? Why? Why was my nephew born with a heart condition that caused him to die before his second birthday? Why the car accident that took the life of, of daddy that leaves a widowed mama with three tiny little ones? Why, why is it that the baby gets aborted before she takes her first breath? Why? You ever ask those questions? Why is it that the cruel dictator exists who imprisons and enslaves innocent people? Why? There's a lot of that around our world today. Why does the disturbed man walk into a classroom filled with children and open fire? Why, why does the man walk into a crowded market and detonate himself? This is the answer. Here it is, right here. Before us, with all of the pain, I, I want you to see even, even the hardship, the disease, the sickness, the death that exists in Adam, I want you to know that it's right here is the answer. People will ask you this question, why? You can tell them and lead them here because even in the midst of all of this darkness, I want you to know this and hold on to this. There's still good news. There's life in Christ. As we consider this morning the subject of what I call glorious, glorious grace. 
Follow along as I read the words will be in front of you on the screen. I'm going to pick it up in verse 12. We're going to break it in two sections, so I'll just read verses 12, 13, and 14 to begin. The word of the Lord. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. There's only two points I want to give to you this morning. The first one is this. One trespass, one trespass from the first Adam brings sin and death. I read this week that Romans chapter 5 is not a dangling participle. You geeky English teachers that are amongst us are oh, dangling participle. No, no, Romans chapter 5 is not, which means it's, it's not existing without relationship to that which comes before or that comes after. It's not. No, no, the author is teaching us. He's making the case. He's been working through important implications of justification by faith alone in Christ alone. And here in this text, he's giving to us a contrast. A contrast as a tool to help us learn. Right? We oftentimes learn what something is by looking at what something is not. You learn about light, right? When you contrast it to darkness. You, you, you learn about that which is right when you what? Contrast it to that which is wrong. You learn about good and you contrast it to evil. Contrast is what? The state of being strikingly different from something else in juxtaposition or close association. And so we're like, okay, a contrast this morning in this particular context to help us learn. But to learn what? Paul has made the argument. Paul has presented a very strong case that all men are sinners. And that Christ alone is the only one who was sent to redeem us from our sin. Now what he does here is he delves into the question, how is it? Why is it that all mankind, all mankind, literally that's Every single man, woman, and child that has ever lived apart from Jesus has in fact sinned and are in fact sinners. How has that happened? Why has that happened when I personally know some really, really nice people? I know some really Kind people and good people. Sure, they may not believe in Jesus, but they're super sweet. 
And I know those people. But the answer, what he does here, is he goes all the way back to the first Adam to affirm what he did, what Adam did, did indeed affect, involve every one of us in sin and death. So think about this. The contrast is between our state of ruin in Adam and our state of righteousness in Jesus. Therefore, giving to us an opportunity this morning to what closely examine our own life. Hold the mirror of the Word of God up before us and ask the question, am I still in Adam or am I in Christ? This is important. Thankfully, thankfully, we are given an indicator, indicators that help us answer this most important question. What's today? Super Bowl Sunday. Two teams that none of us really give a rip about. We'll gather for some wings. And we'll gather in all honesty to watch the commercials. I, I, I'm a surfer. I, I watch commercials probably more than I watch news or sports. One of my favorite this kind of series of commercials, and some of you immediately will know, are the, are the progressive insurance commercials with Dr. Rick, who is the parentologist. It doesn't really, you know, there's not really an official parentologist, but Dr. Rick, an expert, an author. And Dr. Rick's job is to, quote, help new homeowners who have turned into their parents. And, and he talks about the fact that what, one of the things that we have to do is that we've, we've got to get them out of the home. We've got to get them into the rest of the world. And so Dr. Rick is working, excuse me, walking through a store with his little class. And, and one of his students are talking on the speakerphone. Yep, yep, going to have, going to have tuna fish for dinner. Going to have. And, and so Dr. Rick says, is that a good idea? Class, is this a good idea? Is this a good idea? And, and then the person who's, who's, excuse me, back up. There you go in the parking lot. It's all good. And, and, and Dr. Rick is, you don't know him. You don't know him. I think my favorite is when the class is, is there in, in the store and somebody walks by with blue hair. Dr. Rick says, we see it. We see it. We all see it. And the guy's like, his hair, it's hair. His hair is blue. He's got blue hair. And we kind of laugh at that. Why? Because at some level, we kind of act like our parents. We become like our parents. Why? That's what we've seen. It's what's normal to us. That's what we have witnessed. Their DNA is in us. Friday was my mom's birthday. You know, it's funny. M mom... She just, we laugh at exactly the same thing. Like what she thinks is funny, I think is funny. Like any older person, you know, birthdays come fast and furious. Talk on the phone, I'm like, hey mom, how old are you? She's like, well, damn, you know, I know one thing, I'm not 70. I was like, mom, you're actually 77. She, <laughs> she said, what? I was never planning on living this long. And I just laughed. It was just a season, a moment. I just, 
meet it. And, and I just, she's so witty and funny. And, and I connect at some level with her. We, we all kind of do that with our parents. Likewise, what? As Adam, first man, as ancestor Adam sinned, we are what? Born sinners. You don't have to teach any of us how to think wrong. You don't have to do that. You don't have to teach us how to do wrong. It all comes quite naturally. And two characteristics about this sin that came into the world through one man and leads to death is spelled out in the verses that we just read. First characteristic is what? It spreads. So death spread to all men because all sinned. Adam to Eve, to Cain, and Abel. It didn't get real far. And what? There's just chaos between brothers. To Seth, to Enosh, to Canaan, to Mahalalel, to Jared, to Enoch. And it continues all the way down through the line. And it reveals what every broken, every disheartened and difficult story that we read in the Bible. And the Bible never glosses over, never hides the sins of mankind. And oh, how we have learned, how we have all learned what? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. My sin doesn't stop with me. My sin, what, gets passed on to our children and our grandchildren. And my sin affects, what, my wife? My, my sin affects my neighbors and friends and colleagues and church family. My words, my actions, and yours, what, they have weight. They have significance and impact. And not only do we witness what? Not only does it increase by way of a cross, but actually sin intensifies. It, like, it gets worse. Some of you. Reaping. The sins of those before you. Addictions. Abuse. Alcoholism. It often runs Deep throughout families, generation after generation, sin, sin spreads. It also says what? It rains. It says, yet death reigned, reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. Sin reigns. The word reign is defined as what? To exercise royal power. As a king gives a decree that must be listened to. As a king gives a decree that must be obeyed. When death calls, what? There is no choice but to, but to bid and come. Everyone, everyone, 
The statistics on death are quite impressive. One out of one people die. Matthew Henry says this, death could not have reigned if sin had not set up the throne for him. So devastating is this reign of death to be certain, the author makes specific mention of those, listen to this phrase, whose sinning was not even like Adam. And automatically there's a question, like, like there's, a, there's an air of confusion. What do you mean? It rains upon those who, who didn't even sing like Adam sinned. I, I searched, studied, dug deep, most commentary state, and, and, I, and I agree with this. I think, I think it's accurate that, that it speaks here about little ones. It, those who didn't sin like Adam, it, it probably speaks about infants. We've all asked the question, why? That's not, that's not right. A little one has not even lived long enough to be guilty of actual sin. They didn't make those decisions, and yet they still suffered death. Why? Because Adam's sin was imputed to them. You ever, you ever think about, you know, we, we draw pictures of the rainbow and the ark and Noah and God saved the world? Well, God saved the world right through one family and he destroyed everyone else. How about the little babies? Do, do you think about that? Why? Like those little ones didn't do what, what dad and mom did. How about the cities, whole cities, Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed? Or how about, how about little ones today, today, that they've never committed an actual transgression, and yet they're still liable. They still suffer from terrible diseases and starvation. They experience accidents and suffer death. Which what, if you think about it, it cannot be reconciled with the justice of God. With what? The righteousness, the love, and the grace of God. It can't be reconciled unless what? can't be reconciled if they were not chargeable with guilt of their original ancestor who was warned. What does it say in Genesis chapter 2? The Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord command it and i underscore that word the lord didn't suggest holy creator sovereign god commands the lord commanded the man saying you may surely eat of every tree of the garden and just the splendor and the wonder of everything Fruit trees hanging heavy with fruit, beautiful, perfect. All of it's yours. It continues on. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat it, you shall surely die. What happened when he ate it? Oh, he didn't, he didn't die at that moment. No, no. But what the, he began the curse 
that continues on to this very moment. So when you turn on CNN and you see what's happening in the world, it has continued to that. Obey every single law and letter that was ever given, and you will still die. That's dark. You know, February is the most depressing month of the year. So let's talk about the darkness of death. No, no, why? Because this is important, knowing the danger and the destruction. What? How dark it is. Something had to happen. Something had to happen. Someone had to do something. I love, I love the phrase, I love how it reads, that Adam was what? A type of the one to come. Typos in Greek. A, a model or a pattern of the one to come. Now what? Although all are born into sin, and we all know that the wages of sin are death, God is actually offering to us a means to save us from that death when we place our trust in the saving faith of the Lord Jesus Christ to atone for us. Amazing. Paul affirms what the prophet Hosea writes in chapter 6, verse 7, as at Adam they have broken the covenant, they were unfaithful to me. So what happens is that Scripture divides all of humanity into one of two groups. Those that are in Adam and those that are in Christ. Now before what? Before grace is given, everyone who has ever lived except Jesus is in Adam and thus in bondage to curse. The curse of sin and death. But to be in Christ solves this problem. When God solves a problem, he solves it well. Let's, let's continue on to read. Pick it up in verse 15. Verse 15. Therefore, that's verse 12. Verse 15. But, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God. And the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one's trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass, we read this earlier, led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, <laughs> grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Second point, very clearly. One act of righteousness from the second Adam 
brings grace and life. It begins here with, but, but, but the free gift is not like the trespass. Remember we started with contrast? This, this is it right here. Contrast. Trespass. When you think of trespass, big black sign, red letters, no trespassing. Which means you cannot go there, and if you choose to go there, what? You don't go there or else. We go out west, when we go out west to see our little grandkids, one of the things that we love to do is, is we just drive, it's just so wide open. In wheat fields and corn fields, and there's always old, abandoned barns, abandoned farmhouses. And so, so instead of abandoned houses, the kids call them bandit houses. So, Papa, let's go to some bandit houses, and we look for treasure. And we go into these places unless there's a sign that says no, if it says no trespassing, sorry, we can't go there. Well, why? Why can't we go there? Because, because we're not allowed to go there. Or else. There's consequence. Many died. Consequence through one man's trespass. Now, thankfully, in the midst of this darkness, the Apostle Paul writes, who's he writing to? Brothers and sisters in Christ in Rome. What is, what, what is life like for a Christian living in first century Rome? Were they familiar at some level with the consequence of death that was all, literally all around them? Were the Christians in Rome asking why? We're just singing psalms. We're just singing psalms to God. And they're dragging us out and burning us. Why? Death surrounded them just like what? Death surrounds us today. Therefore, just as Paul was writing to the believers in Rome, the Holy Spirit is speaking. He's actually talking to you this morning. Look, look at some of the, the words much more. Have the grace of God. The free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ. His free gift is not like the results of one man's sin, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Who received the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. Grace also might reign through righteousness leading to life through Jesus Christ. Basic law, let me give you a little hint here. Basic law of hermeneutics. When you begin to see the same words over and over and over again, you better listen up. A couple verses, what are we seeing here? Grace Gift in Jesus. Grace, gift in Jesus. Grace, four times. Gift, four times. Jesus Christ, three times. Let, let, me, let me summarize here. We're all pretty familiar with the consequence of sin. It's death. Click any website. Pick up any newspaper. It's a broken world. But it doesn't have to be forever. Forever. 
Not, not for you, not for those who put their faith in Jesus. I love explanations. Like, explain to me why. We oftentimes get explanations through definitions. And, and so with these words, let's look at the word gift. A gift. What is a gift? It's defined as a thing given willingly to someone without payment. A present. We love them. We love gifts. Grace. The free and unmerited favor of God is manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. We love it. We want it. We need it. Definition of gift. Definition of grace. Definition of Jesus. You ever Google dictionary.com and say, give me a definition for Jesus. Rather interesting. Listen to this. Jesus, also called Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, born, question mark, B.C., uh, 4 B.C. Crucified, A.D., 29 Question mark. The source of Christian religion. Period. Uh, apparently, they forgot to put the date that he rose again. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Whoever like does that, dictionary.com, people, you missed a really important fact here. It's not just the source of Christian religion. He is the source. Period. Let me help you out a little bit. Don't just write the day that he was born and the day that he died. Because what? He defies those things. He rose to life again. People in this world can ignore all they want. But there is one. There is one who came to give the gift of grace. And reverse the curse of death. By dying for the sins of mankind and raising back to life again. What? Therefore justifying. Declaring mankind righteous. In the sight of holy God when we put our faith and our trust in him. I think a better definition is found. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 that says there is one God. And there is one mediator between God and man. It's the man, Christ Jesus. Put that down as a definition of who we're talking about here. Westminster Larger Catechism, question 36 says, Who is the mediator of the covenant of grace? Listen to this answer. The only mediator of the covenant of grace is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, of one substance and equal with the Father in the fullness of time, became man and so was and continues to be God and man in two entire distinct natures and one person forever. I know that this subject is heavy, but I want you this morning to see the good I want you to pause on what? On the joy and the hope and the grace that is offered. Think about this. Perfect paradise in Genesis. Broken, fallen, death-filled world around us to regain paradise for his people. Jesus, the second Adam. What? He had to come. He had to come in our likeness. He took on what? Flesh and blood. So he could obey his heavenly father perfectly and succeed where the first Adam failed. That's who we have in Jesus. 
who is our representative. Paul teaches explicitly on this very subject in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Listen to this. Thus it is written. Paul's saying, it's not my words, it's not my, my authority. Thus it is written. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. The first man became a living being. True. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. We, we began with this question that we need to ask. Am I in Adam Or am I in Christ? Am I in Adam where I'm still stuck in, in sin? Fearing death? Dead in my sins? Or what? Have I placed my faith in the second Adam? Am I in Christ? Life-giving Christ. Am I giving life to others? Am I offering forgiveness to others as Christ has forgiven me? Do I extend grace to others as Christ has extended grace to me? It's a really easy way to examine. Am I in Adam or I am in Christ? And why is this important? Why is it so important for us right now in the darkness of death that surrounds us? Be encouraged with this hope. Because if they've not come to you already, they're going to come to you. And they're going to ask you the question, why? If God is loving. If God is sovereign. Why? You take them here. You take them to the subject. Well, death is real. It, it rains. It spreads. But you point them. You point them. And you race to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please see this morning the glorious grace. Although every single one of us do one thing well and we sin as experts. All of that sin. Whatever that is heavy on your heart right now. I'm so unworthy. Yes, you are. But God sees you. Whatever it is you're wrestling with. Anger. I just, I just, I just can't. I can't forgive that person. There's bitterness about what's happening around me. I'm fearful, whatever it is. Lord, forgive me. And see the grace that is extended. You don't have to be stuck in this life of death forever. But you put your faith in the life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. May you do that today. And may you speak to others about hate, how they may do that. Father, we love you. We are amazed at your patience with us. We're amazed and thrilled by your mercy, by your grace, and by your love. And Lord, even as we look at a subject that we have to examine the darkness of death, even in that heaviness, we see the glorious grace of the life-giver Jesus, the second Adam. Thank you. Thank you that you came to be born, to live a perfect sinless life, and to die. To atone for my sin, for all of our sin. May we this morning be reminded and encouraged, not just the forgiveness of our sins, but the eternal life that we can, we can be sure of, we can be promised of, when we trust Jesus. Thank you for that truth.
Help us, Lord, to be bold and to be brave to speak to others about it. In your name we pray. Amen.